Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, May 29th. In today's news, seven are shot in Louisville as protests against police brutality turn violent from coast to coast. Twitter says the president's threat to shoot thugs and looters violates its standards by glorifying violence. And law enforcement leaders race to distance themselves from the four Minneapolis cops who have been fired. But first, the big idea. Thousands of protesters poured into the streets of downtown Minneapolis again Thursday night, and demonstrations spread into surrounding areas as dozens of buildings burned, including a police department's precinct headquarters. The unrest, now in its third day after George Floyd's fatal encounter with police, showed signs of intensifying as calls for justice morphed into attacks on police officers who have long been accused of racism against the city's African-American community. A late-night confrontation included protesters storming the Minneapolis Police Department's 3rd Precinct and setting it ablaze after seizing control of the building. What started as a largely peaceful demonstration had been contained to a neighborhood in the south side of Minneapolis. But last night, protesters gathered in nearby St. Paul, just across the Mississippi River, where the gatherings were accompanied by looting and vandalism. Some protesters tried to stop traffic on Interstate 35, the major thoroughfare through the Twin Cities. And late into the night, protesters repeatedly clashed with police as some anarchists set off fireworks and threw Molotov cocktails at lines of officers in riot gear. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has deployed the National Guard to help local officials regain control and a semblance of order. Much of the city awoke yesterday to smoky skies as fires continued to smolder from the night before in South Minneapolis, which is where Floyd, a 48-year-old African-American man, was filmed gasping for air and saying he couldn't breathe as a police officer held a knee to his throat. Grocery stores and targets have been looted and torched. A multi-story building under construction to bring new affordable housing to the community burned to the ground, and several city blocks of businesses were badly damaged. The chaotic scene left many black city officials in tears and pleading for peace. Up and down University Avenue in St. Paul, which is one of the crown jewels of the Twin Cities, the towering dome of the Minnesota State Capitol, sitting in the distance, store owners scrambled to protect their wonderful businesses. With smoke rising from a fire in the distance, workers were up on ladders, frantically hanging plywood over their windows as police cars, sirens blaring, streaked by. Scores of businesses have posted simple handmade signs begging for mercy from the rioters. One reads, quote, this is a black-owned business. Another says, quote, this is a community-owned business. Most stores are closed right now, but some owners remained staying behind, armed and on guard, because they are no longer confident that anyone else will protect their stores or them. It's a scary time in the Twin Cities. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, it wasn't just Minneapolis. Turbulent and in some cases violent protests erupted overnight around the country. The unrest multiplied from Phoenix to Columbus, Ohio, 
as hundreds converged in city centers and descended on state capitol buildings in the face of tear gas and rubber bullets from police. Gunfire broke out in multiple cities, including Louisville, Kentucky, where police say seven people were injured in a shooting that sent dozens more scattering. Several hundred people there were protesting the fatal police shooting of Brianna Taylor as she slept in her apartment back in March. In Louisville, multiple protests have broken out since Taylor, a 26-year-old EMT, was shot and killed by police in her own apartment two months ago. When narcotics detectives broke down her door after midnight, her boyfriend fired a gun, thinking armed intruders had entered the home. Police shot Taylor eight times when they returned fire. They found no drugs. Hundreds of miles away, in Denver, shots rang out around 5.30 p.m. local time, close enough to the state capitol building to alarm lawmakers who were inside the building. Protesters who converged at the Capitol spray-painted Black Lives Matter and George Floyd's name on the Capitol steps, while others smashed vehicle windows parked in the Capitol's parking lot. Hundreds of others blocked traffic on Interstate 25 and marched down another busy street against traffic. A viral video soon emerged showing one protester on the hood of a car before jumping off. The driver then circled back around to ram the protester who fell to the pavement before getting back up. Denver police say no arrests have been made in the apparent hit and run. Elsewhere, police in New York arrested at least 70 protesters at Union Square. In Columbus, protesters reportedly breached the Ohio State House, breaking windows as they ran inside. SWAT teams showed up to secure the area, declaring an emergency on megaphones and ordering everyone to leave the area. Protesters in Phoenix resisted calls to disperse after the police declared protests an unlawful assembly around 11 p.m. local time. Video shows dozens of people being arrested by police in riot gear as they chanted, I can't breathe. When reached by phone, a Phoenix police spokeswoman declined to answer any of our questions or confirm arrests. The protesting continued well after midnight local time in Phoenix and numerous other cities, including some in D.C. Some of the protesters could be seen wearing face masks although their primary focus was on a different kind of epidemic in America. Number two, President Trump slammed the demonstrators as, quote, thugs on Twitter. He spelled it in all caps, and he threatened military intervention in Minnesota if the situation deteriorates further. The president tweeted, quote, any difficulty and we will assume control. But this is a quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Critics condemned Trump's tweet, asserting that he was promoting violent retaliation against protesters, and Twitter took swift action, flagging the post for violating rules about glorifying violence. This comes after days of tension. Earlier in the week, Twitter put a flag on Trump's false claims about mail by vote, vote by mail. The tweet about the looting was paired with another blistering post attacking Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey. A Democrat. Trump wrote, quote, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, referring to Minneapolis. Number three, condemnation rained down yesterday on the four Minneapolis police officers who have been terminated from their jobs who were involved in the death of George Floyd and are still free this morning. D.C. Police Chief Peter Newsham yesterday said the officers' actions were, quote, nothing short of murder. He was echoing law enforcement leaders nationwide who were unusually quick to denounce the use of force in this case and side with activists who called it an outrageous abuse of power. But 
In Minneapolis, Hennepin County Prosecutor Mike Freeman triggered an uproar yesterday afternoon when he said at a news conference that there is other evidence that does not support a criminal charge against the involved officers. He didn't elaborate, and his office later issued a clarification saying that the prosecutor only meant that it is critical to review all the evidence. In a joint statement, the U.S. Justice Department and FBI say that a robust criminal investigation is a top priority. Floyd's brother, Phil O'Neese, choked back tears during an interview on CNN as he described watching the video of his brother plead for his life and the violent unrest that's followed. He said his family wants peace in the streets, but he also called for the death penalty for all four officers involved in his brother's death. Lawyers for those officers could not be reached for comment. Floyd's family will seek an independent autopsy of his body, citing its mistrust of Minneapolis city officials. Now, Minnesota has been the locale of several high-profile killings by police in recent years, including the shooting death of Philando Castile, also caught on video, during a traffic stop in 2016. The officer involved was charged with manslaughter, but acquitted. Besides the killings of Floyd and Castile, a Minneapolis police officer shot and killed Jamar Clark, a 24-year-old black man, in 2015. That also spurred extended demonstrations that effectively occupied the area near where the police station that burned down is for weeks. Again, back in 2015, five years ago now. Local and federal officials, though, eventually declined to bring charges against the officers involved in that case. It's important to understand that history and background to see why this week's incident has sparked such violence. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, May 29th. Thank you for listening. Our show is produced by Ariel Plotnick. Our theme music is by Ted Muldoon. I'm James Homan. Stay safe this weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.